When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Hey, back with you on Hale Varsity Radio. It's Coffee and Cream in the morning alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. We just got done talking a little Creighton basketball, and how about we continue that conversation, maybe get some of our questions answered. He dropped from, it off. I'll get him again. Oh, well. <laughs> So, since he can't hear me. It's Matt uh, DeMarinas. Yeah, since he can't hear me, uh, you have some uh, making up to do. Because this is one of those. Remember I told you there's always people that I think secretly you like more than they like you? I think I like Matt DeMarinas significantly more <laughs> than he probably <laughs> actually likes me. He's a great guy. So, so did you direct that to me, though? Like, I have some making up to do? Like, do I have to like you more than you like me? No, I just was giving you context. Because I think sometimes people are like, why do you even like me? I don't really vibe with you, right? I just don't want you to be that guy. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> so I'm Team D Marinas. And he's here now. Matt, good morning. How are you? Hello. Matty, what's up, buddy? I was, I was giving a few accolades, so I was hoping you didn't hear not one bit of that. So how are you this morning? I'm okay. How are you? Oh, uh, you know. Who is, wait, who is this? <laughs> 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 what show am I on? He's well, that big. So here's, oh, the, oh, no, he, here, here's the deal. He sounds so crisp and clear now. We had him on early, and I was like, yeah, he's never coming back. This guy does his own podcast. He's <laughs> like, that sound quality sucks. <laughs> Maddie, I'm glad you hung in there, my guy. Hi. So, bittersweet, you, you watch, you watch mm-hmm. Coach Flan and that team go wild and – you had to ride the ebb and flow of the guys game, man. Mixed emotions for white and blue review, huh? All right, I'm not going to lie to you right here. I think you might have the wrong number. <laughs> this is not Matt DeMarinas? <laughs> no, this is Trent. Trent. Oh, Trent! Trent! <laughs> this is amazing. Wow, wait, wait, we should maybe wait, play. Wait, we wait, should, wait, no, wait, we wait, should wait, play wait. a game with Trent. This is Trent. <laughs> this is play. Trent from yesterday. Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Can we bounce back and win today? <laughs> Trent, Trent, I'm hanging up hey, on you. No, no, no. Text me later. Funny story about yeah, Trent. Okay. Funny story about Trent. He's an Illinois fan. That is tough. Yeah, ILL, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, we can't talk at, anymore, Trent. He was at the Husker game wearing an Illinois sweatshirt, probably one of 20,000. All right, I'm secretly air-dapping. Trent, have a good day, man. We'll call Maddie. Thank you. You guys have Trent, a good day. this All is right. the best. This is the best thing that happened. Trent's a buddy of mine. Yeah. Like, he's a good friend of mine. Shane might be the worst person I've he, ever been he around. He called it the exact same time I went to push the button. He wa- He. You yeah, know what he was going to do? Great. He was going to give you a hard time about great. what a terrible hey, game player oh you are. My Go with goodness. Matt now. Oh. It should be Matt. Oh, fuck. Hey, D. Hey, Marinas is probably hey, like, I'm not talking about hey, anything now. Is this, is this Matt D. Marinas? Yes, it is. <laughs> can, I, can I see a birth certificate or yeah. something? Yeah, let's bring you up on screen. 
Maddie, how are you? I don't have a problem. But yeah. What happened there? Shane, <laughs> Shane is incompetent. I just love Maddie. How, how Trent went along with it for a minute and a half. Matt, we, we totally called the wrong guy. <laughs> Oh, nice. How's that go? Well, it's well, good. An Illinois fan. I was talking to an Illinois fan about white and blue review, so that was pretty sweet. How about that? Do you know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's a hoops head, too. He gets it. He gets it. Was it bittersweet for you watching the women do what they do and then having to kind of ride the ebb and flow of of the guys' game last night, Matty? Uh, it's all kind of good. Just like I, the women tipped off right Zero, so like it was, it was rushed in my mind. I got about thirty minutes left. Of crazy with it. Hey Matt, as we looked at the guys' game in particular, uh, you saw Shireman put up twenty-five, and then Nemhard came in a close second with seventeen. But a lot of criticism that he took on social media last night was the amount of shots that he took in that game and, and people pinpointing his decision-making at points. What would you have liked to see more of out of him in that game rather than just possibly chucking from about the 13-minute mark to that six-minute mark in the second half? Yeah, I think when you – I think the shot total number is kind of stands out in a lot of people's minds, especially when you look at the number of shots like Trey Alexander and Ryan Kaufman took – you know, you look how, how efficient those guys were, but they're both sitting at about eight shots and them hundred seventeen. Kind of stands out to a little bit. It's, I guess it's easy to pick apart that number and say that needs to come down. Others need to shoot more or get more looks. Honestly, it just felt like, and I rewatched it again last night and picked apart a few possessions where I watched about three or four times just to kind of see what went down there. And play. I think about. They were, they were up six at about the nine-minute mark of the second half. Right? Yep. And at that point, they're up 34-24 in the paint. And they only scored four paint points after that. And it just felt like they, never, they just got away from what was helping them be successful and helping them lead that game. And has Xavier on the back foot a little bit. They just, for whatever reason, they hit a little bit of a wall. I think the energy level dropped. I think the fatigue set in. Those starters had a lot of heavy minutes. Um and, you know, for whatever reason, they were just stopping those drives a little bit shorter. They weren't getting to the paint. They weren't um, pushing them all the way to the rim. They were settling for a little bit more of that mid-range area. And not only the mid-range area, but longer, too, than they had been taking in the first half. Those floaters were Oof. a little bit longer. Turnaround jumpers were a little bit longer. And when you're on tired legs, those things are harder to, you know, get all the way to the rim and get those lucky bounces. And it just felt like they, they hit a little bit of a wall energy-wise and it affected how hard they were pushing um, on the offensive end because they were having a lot of success just picking Xavier apart, just driving right down the teeth of it, setting middle ball screens, driving teams, getting all the way to the rim. There wasn't much resistance on Xavier's part of that, um, whether it was from the guards or from Kaufbender, and it just felt like they got away from that, and that's kind of what allowed the game to snowball. Because during that run where Xavier hit them 16-3 and flipped the game, you know, all of Creighton's points in that sequence came, um, you know, on a little high-low from Baylor to Kalkbrenner for yep. a dunk, and then, and then two trips to the free throw line where they went one for four. Those were the three points, and all of those came when they got the ball into the teeth of defense at the rim, maybe drew fouls or, or got a dunk. So 
you know, that was the key to success last night, and it was laid out early in the game, and they just got away from that Matt, stretch, and that's what happened. Matty, you're super smart, and that's why I look forward to you and, and JP's podcast. How do you reconcile in your head, oh, I, I'm just not sure what kind of – team this is shooting the basketball and it's a team that shot 42 43 percent last night from three they shot 50 percent from the floor but they give up 90 how do you reconcile that in your head versus what we think ails creighton versus man maybe we've been looking at the wrong thing all along anomaly in how efficient xavier was because they only played seven guys for all creighton's 12 Mm -hmm. minutes of the bench how do you reconcile that in your head well, you know, I mean, you saw the threads that, you know, we were all going through in terms of the mat- lighting up the matchups for this thing. This is the one, in my opinion, that I feel like is the most problematic matchup for Creighton, even more so than UConn or Marquette or Providence, what have you. I think the we saw last year, especially that double big lineup, what it, what it was able to do to cause problems because, you know, wherever you put Kalkbrenner, you know, if, if a coach is, you know, aware enough, they just invert the matchup, right? If he's on Fremantle, then... Nunji goes to work. Yeah, Nunji goes to the three-point line, and he can create some problems. If they put him on Nunji, Fremantle can go to the three-point line, get in the ball screens, create some problems with the, you know, with the four-man there. So it's really just kind of a pick-your-poison situation. And honestly, that's kind of what Greg McDermott said in the post-game press conference last night when he was asked. Xavier's press corps, what the idea was behind the matchup of putting Kalkbrenner on Fremantle and putting Kaluma on Nunji was basically a coin toss because there's give and take in both facets, right? And you saw earlier with the Arizona matchup, the other matchup this season where Creighton had to deal with a double big lineup, um, and you saw how potent Arizona's offense was in picking that apart. So the fact that Xavier hung 90 last night isn't something that surprises me because I thought that was going to be a really tricky matchup defensively for Creighton because really after Kalkbrenner, you know, Kaluma 6-7, Baylor 6-6, like you're basically, you're essentially four guards slash wings and Kalkbrenner on the floor with your best lineup, right? The difference in the game when you break it really down is Creighton starting five outplayed major starting fives. It was the Jerome Hunter off the bench. He made a three. He made a three, Matty. Like he, he stuck a, it was like the first three he made yeah. this century. He stuck a three. He had a turnaround jumper up one leg and banked home over Kalkbrenner. Like that dude was in a zone that he hasn't been in for years plus, right, going back to the Indiana days. And it's just like that was just enough to push him over the hump when you look at production because Creighton's five was up to the past. It just – you know, I think there's some there are gonna be some lapses on film where they lost Sule Bloom off a baseline out of bounds yeah. back and right. Yep. yep. Allowed him to get loose and create points off fifty fifty balls. They're gonna want those back because for the most part, and especially the first eighteen minutes of the game, they shut him down. Trail is gonna do a really good job of I think he was one for five for the first eighteen minutes. He wasn't really a factor. And then, you know, you lose him off a screen and you hit the three and then you get the little hustle point in the paint and all of a sudden he's cooking now. And it just felt like uh, that it just it all started to snowball. I think, you know, from an energy level standpoint, it looked like they just hit a wall at the nine-minute mark of the second half. And then you factor in the things that Jerome Hunter was able to do off the bench versus what Creighton didn't get really off their bench. And it just, you know, it makes a difference in the end. It all adds up. 
Matt, we appreciate your time this morning. Uh, man, Matt. Have a great day. Yeah, you guys bet. No problem. Thank you, buddy. Up next, some Husker football talk here on Coffee and Cream.